Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keelguard Studios. Bass Edge Nation, let me welcome you to a new year and a new episode. 2019 is upon us. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you, Kurt. Holidays, fun, festive for you? Yes. Man, I had a great time. Went to the beach over Christmas break and had a nice little respite. It's been a busy, busy close to 2018. And uh, quite honestly, the beginning of 2019 is not getting any slower. (laughs) So uh, it was great to have a little peaceful break and uh, spend some time with family and friends and And uh, man, I am fired up and ready to go. This is going to be an exciting year and it's going to start really, really quick. It really is. And, uh, you know, I had a really good holiday season time with family. But, you know, a year ago, as uh, I like to try and forget, I was recovering from falling off that ladder from hanging Christmas lights. So I didn't have to deal with that this year. And I'm actually preparing to go on my snow skiing trip that I missed last year. So that's what I have to look forward to. But uh, certainly it is going to be a packed year on Bass Edge Radio. Yeah, well, it was great to get through the holidays and have a fun time and let's not forget where we are headed in 2019 and first of all our sponsorship for 2019 as always and an extended thank you to uh, our longest partner here at bass edge radio megaware keelguard man they've got a lot of awesome products you can check them out at keelguard.com uh, the flex step skeg guard scuff buster just an array of great boat accessory products that all bass edge nation should be aware of so you know happy to have them back for 2019 yeah and certainly all of their products come in handy on the new nitro z21 that I'm running around with uh, love, love, love the boat. Yeah, that's great to hear. And keeping that boat maintenance cleaned and just tip-top condition with Lucas Oil Products. Happy to have them back on board for 2019. And as always, going boldly with that Mercury new four-stroke uh, things, not only has the low end, but has the mid-range as well, and doing so all with a, uh, a fuel-efficient manner, Kurt. ProtectTheHarvest.com continues to give us our tackle tip segment most enjoyed by many listeners. Yeah, and those Lorances that we've talked about on the last couple episodes, pretty soon I'm going to be watching Monday Night Football while I'm out there fishing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And man, Power Pole is an accessory also for your boat that you just can't go without. Shallow water anchor system giving you total boat control our sponsor lineup is very appreciated here at bass edge radio aaron how about you with resolutions you know 2019 going forward did you sit down a couple days before the new year's and think about some goals and and uh, fishing accomplishments that you'd like to uh sustain throughout 2019 you know i have and uh certainly winning like most people talk about but i think you gotta break that down a little further one of my things is going to be to reread dr j mcnamara's book psychology of exceptional fishing because that goes through a whole chapter on setting goals attainable goals achievable goals and that's certainly one thing but i would say technique specific kurt it's going to be more or less just focusing on the mental side and fishing the conditions and not get too wrapped up into history or the past or what I think they should be doing, but rather what they are doing. That's always something that's super critical for success. My specific New Year's resolutions are, I'm going to be a 2019 Forestwood Cup qualifier. 
I am going to have positive affirmations throughout the year that I'm going to finally realize some goals that I've been wanting and hoping to succeed. But in 2019, I am hitting the button, going to make it happen. So I'm excited for a fun year. And interesting, you bring up some reading. One thing that I want to make sure as a resolution I do is conclude my reading of Buck Perry's Guidelines for Fishing Success. If you haven't heard of the Buck Perry basic behavioral movements of fishing, you need to check it out. See it online. It's an old school guide to fishing and it talks about basic fundamentals. Something yeah, that, that guy was always, ahead of his time, wasn't he? Oh my God. You read this stuff, it's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about stuff a guy wrote down and logged in the 50s and 60s and 70s and the attributability it has to today's fishing success is absolutely amazing. So um, Buck Perry, me and you are going to get a little tighter. We have to go and continue the show and our first 2019 tip brought to us by the fine folks from protecttheharvest.com. Stay tuned. This week's tackle tip brought to us by protecttheharvest.com with Bass Edge show host Kurt Dove. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a new year. It is very, very important to set goals. That's what this tip is about, setting goals. It seems easy. You know, you think about a few things you'd like to accomplish in 2019. They're out there and you've thought about them. Really, setting a goal is much different than wishing that you achieve something. Setting a goal is something where you have to physically put into place in your being. You have to think about it throughout the year, every time. If you have a setback, you have to hit the reset button very quickly. Learn from that short experience and move on to the next step. Setting a goal, super important to achieving success, specifically in this crazy, crazy world of bass fishing because there's so many obstacles, so many changes that can occur throughout the year. Keep your mind focused on a goal that you set early in the year, whether it's angler of the year in your club, catching a 10-pounder, learning a new technique. There's so many types of goals that you can set to improve your angling skill set. Make sure in 2019 you set a goal, stick with the goal, think about that goal every few weeks. See how you can improve your angling skill set to achieve the goals that you desire. Good luck in 2019. Tight lines. Stay with us here on Bass Edge Radio. We're going to help all you anglers achieve these goals. Thanks, Kurt. Great tip. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. 
it back into the latter parts of 18 real quickly. You had your first Central Pro Elite tournament out there on Lake of the Ozarks. How did it break down for us? How was the uh, basically early winter fishing for you? Yeah, I'm just focused on 2019 now, Kurt. We're already moving forward. <laughs> We're not looking back. There's no rearview mirror. No, um, it's important to do that, though. But as we had talked about uh, a couple episodes ago, you know, Lake of the Ozarks is a lake that I'm very familiar with. Was excited about it. But just to be quite honest with you, I was behind. I never felt like I really got into a groove the whole week. I can't remember the last time that I went in on back-to-back days without catching a limit. But hey, that's how it went. And, uh, you know, the week started out with having to constantly dip the rod into the water because the rod guys were freezing up. Then it warmed up into the 50s, but then had a west wind that we had sustained wind at 35 miles an hour with four and five foot waves out on the main lake. But um, yeah, for me, didn't work out. Finished middle of the pack. You know, I think we had 79, 80 people that was at that tournament and I finished somewhere middle of the pack. But the guys that caught them, they caught them good and they were able to adjust. One of my roommates that I hang out with a lot, a fellow uh, MegaWare pro staffer who is Matt Ells, he moved all the way up into second place and he went shallow but he did so by fishing things that never before in his life has he fished a tournament there at Lake of the Ozarks so that just kind of tells you and he caught everything in less than three feet of water so just unbelievable but for me I was behind the entire time it's interesting you know these winter events it seems as a feast or famine you know spring summer you get some bites here and there and uh, you can kind of put some patterns together winter fishing is definitely a little bit tougher than that one because the fish they're obviously not as active with the cold water so once you find them you know you can catch a few and get on a little pattern and really make hay like Matt Ellis did you know and and then when you struggle a little bit bit and it's hard to get bites, it seems like it gets harder and harder and harder because it starts to play with that mental game. And then you're wondering, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And because of the fish and their behavioral patterns, they're just not moving a whole lot. So it can make it a little bit tougher, but that's what makes it so much fun in the wintertime. When you do get on them, you can crack them pretty good. Other than that, it's really the challenge of putting that puzzle together and and trying to uh, materialize something where you can get a few bites. It's interesting too. You know, we were talking about the A-Rig with some other anglers, and it's interesting how that particular technique can really just crazy shine. You know, you see fish on a graph or in an area, and you can throw the kitchen sink at them. But if you get the right cadence and right uh, presentation with the A-Reg, everything changes. Well, and and I think that that's the point that I would like to highlight of what you're saying. You know, this time Mm -hmm. of year, it appears in my experience, and it certainly played out in that December tournament there on Lake of the Ozarks. You know, Mark Tucker, for instance, who actually won it, he caught most of his on a jig. Uh, Matt Ells, like I said, that took second, he caught most of his on a spinnerbait and a crankbait. Right. We're not allowed to throw the A-rig, but the interesting thing was what they were keying in on. You know, one was on concrete. Anytime there was a piece of concrete attached to a dock or, or sidewalk or seawall that was coming in, you know, adjacent to points or a rock or something like that, that hard structure, it was so fine that they just made the rest of the field look like we were fishing in a completely different lake. So I, th- I think you yeah. bring up a good point. There. It's pretty interesting. We got two events coming up immediately. Yeah. We got the uh, Costa event here at Lake Amistad. Man, I'm bummed I'm not fishing at the same time. I think it's a great choice. As we talked about, you know, my resolution is uh, making that Forest Wood Cup, making that a reality in 2019. I felt like this little period here between the holidays and family time and then the first FLW Tour event on Rayburn starting on January 6th really didn't enable me to put a good focus on that event 
event if I threw a Costa in the middle. So I opted to stay out, which if the schedule was a little different, I would have never done that. But <laughs> my, my goals are my goals, and I'm sticking to it, and I think that's the right choice for me, even though a tough choice it was. So I'm a stock Costa event down here. I think it's going to be an A-rig extravaganza. You're going to have some fish caught on other baits, but we have had a warmer-than-usual winter, and I think fish are going to stay up shallowish, you know, 25, 20, and less, which is a kind of more shallow-oriented fish here at Amistad, whereas typically this time of year, you'll see them a lot in 25 to 40, and um, I think that's maybe a little bit out of play this year, but, you know, you can find a group of fish out there. Then going to Rayburn, the FLW Tour, have you seen all the rain that's been happening in the month of December? Yes. (laughs) Aaron, it's unbelievable. The lake is several feet above normal pool. It seems like it's starting. some interesting challenges, don't you think? I think it definitely can. I I think it's going to be hard to fish the grass effectively with the trap because it's so much deeper. Obviously, over there, you know, if you watch tournament results, the A-rig effect is in full bounty over there. So, yeah, I I think it's going to – you're going to have to diversify when you get there. I don't think we're going to see this crazy Rayburn slugfest like we would if we were there in late February or March. But uh, nonetheless, it's going to be a tour event that somebody's going to take home some hardware and heavy suitcase of cash. And I'm looking to be at the top of the standings. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we hope you are too. That's right. That's right. But uh, nonetheless, like I mentioned earlier, 2019 is just going to start off like in a whirlwind and probably not end until some point we're talking about 2020 and we're like, what? What happened? But nonetheless, we have our first episode's featured angler here on the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Stay tuned. This is Bass Elite Series angler Paul Mueller. Hi, this is 2014 Bassmaster Classic champion Randy Howell. This is Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Harold Allen. This is 2018 Bass Angler of the Year Justin Lucas. Stay tuned right here for more Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the longest lasting most dependable keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life developed specifically by boat builders offering the best keel protection in the industry also for megaware keel guard skeg guard flex step pro and pontoon guard so give your boat the performance edge put on the protection the pros pick megaware keel guard In this episode, we've got a 2018 FLW Tour rookie who's going into his second year on tour. He jammed him pretty good last year, qualifying for the Forest Wood Cup in his first attempt. This is another solid college angler that decided to hit the pro ranks early. Great to have Tyler Stewart on the show. Thanks for hanging with us today, Tyler. I appreciate it. It's good to be on the show with you guys. Well, Tyler, I think, uh, you know, Santa Claus looks like came early because you had a terrific beginning to your national tour campaign the entire 2018 season. Can you break down what made last year successful for you and how you'll turn that into that additional success for 2019? I think the main deal was I got some good momentum rolling at Okeechobee at the first event. Uh, finished up 12th there and that really, you know, made me feel like I belong here and, you know, I could do it. I was a little nervous. Actually, I was a lot nervous straight out of college 
and just jumping on the tour. But um, getting that forward momentum and uh, just carrying it all the way through the season is really what helped me, I think. No doubt. I remember, Aaron, I got to tell you a little backstory. Tyler and I were staying at the same hotel down there in Okeechobee, and uh, you could tell he was a little, you know, kind of feeling everybody out, <laughs> seeing what was going on. And by the end of the tournament, let me tell you, I didn't forget who Tyler Stewart was. That was for sure because he was out there jacking them. So um, that was pretty awesome to see, and it was great to see kind of that momentum that you mentioned, Tyler, that you built there at Okeechobee. And it's not easy to follow up on that, but when you have that good mojo going, it definitely helps push you in a positive direction. You know, you've got some amazing support for um, an up-and-coming professional angler. How did you land Monster Energy? That's your title sponsor. And what additional partners are helping you make this run at a full-time career? With Monster Energy, before I was fishing professionally, like my whole childhood, I actually raced motocross. And I picked up Monster Energy during that time. And when I was 15, I got hurt real bad at a national, and it actually uh, blinded me in my left eye. That messed up my depth perception and stuff really bad, so it, it pretty much ended my racing career. And, you know, like I said, I was with Monster during that time. And as I, you know, made the transition to fishing, you know, I, I started fishing the high school tournaments and stuff. And uh, before fishing was just a hobby, it's something I did a lot, you know, when I wasn't racing. When I jumped in the high school deal, I kind of got a feel for it and liked it. And then uh, and during college, I contacted Monster again and I uh, already had that personal relationship with those guys. And they kind of helped me out through college. And, you know, I had a good run in college. And, you know, my last year of college, I actually went to a tour event on Beaver Lake and fished as a co-angler just to kind of see how that was and uh, after I experienced that I loved it and I knew I really knew what I wanted to strive to do if I could get there so I called Monster and we talked about it and they made it happen for me so last year and this year they're my title sponsor and uh, basically back to your question I built a personal relationship with those guys and they've just taken care of me ever since. So it's nice to see how you were able to transcend those relationships over into uh, a different sport. But, you know, growing up in north-central Louisiana, a lot of very good anglers have came out onto the national tour from that locale lately. And having a great college fishing career at the University of Louisiana Monroe, I think the Wachita River, when I think of that area, but that doesn't really speak to the level of diversity now that you're facing, you know, on the national level. How have you been able to adjust to kind of the large impoundments and, and the diverse fisheries? so quickly at this very early point, what I would consider in your career. Believe it or not, we've actually got some super diverse fisheries from West Monroe and an hour in each direction. We've got a river fishery, the Washita River. We've got cypress tree impoundments like Bayou Bartholomew, and there's a bunch of little bayous, you know, where that kind of deal works. And then we got Caney Lake, which is where I spend most of my time. It's actually 30 minutes south of West Monroe from my house, and uh, it's a you know a deeper, clearer lake. And you know the fish get offshore there, so that lake's kind of what taught me everything, you know, with my electronics and stuff like. That and I spent a lot of time there, but I still keep Lake Darbon, Washtenaw River, Bayou Bartholomew, all those places honest too, just to keep everything going as far as my shallow water game as well. But everything being so diverse around, I don't have like a just a crazy strength in either direction. It just seems like I can catch them okay anyway. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I would never think of those types of fisheries being that way in that section of Louisiana. You know, I'm thinking swamp country and, and all those kind of things, which I, I'm sure you got plenty.
plenty of that too. But right. let's start breaking down some of your insights on these fisheries. Let's get into some of the educational stuff. How do you like attack a clear water fishery like Caney during the winter behavior pattern? Specifically, what are you looking for regarding fish location during this time of year? We're in early January. Things are cold. We're pretty much set right here in the middle of winter now. Where are you going to start finding and locating fish? Anywhere there's bait. I like to get on like the main creek channel on Caney and idle that creek channel until I find the bait. And it's crazy every year on Caney, the fish migrate from one end of the lake to the other and they follow the bait. And it's like they're on routine every single year, like the same month, same water temperature. They just migrate all the way down the lake and you can follow them all the way to the dam from one side of the lake to the other as the bait moves down there to the deeper end of the lake. So that's the way I approach it this time of the year. And we finally got some hydrilla back in the lake now. So that's becoming more and more a player. But uh, for like the bigger pre-spawn fish, it seems to me like uh, I have better luck catching them when I'm out there chasing the bait. So when you're out there looking at the bait and island around, is it something where they're in a suspended type situation or are you catching them when they're associated with some type of uh, structure, you know, like say a ledge or a drop off or something of that nature? Hard spots for me in the winter have always been a lot better than, you know, brush piles or just a subtle drop or whatever like We've got a few road beds that they stop on, you know, when they're going down the creek and, and they load up on them road beds and they'll, they'll sit on them for two or three weeks at a time and you catch them every day. And, you know, there's a couple of little shells and steeper drops in the, in the creek. And I think it's shell, maybe a little shell that they get on. Pretty much any hard spot along that creek is where they stop, in my opinion. So you're a Lawrence guy, right? This year is my first year to sign with Lawrence. I've been with Ray Marine the past three years. Gotcha. So when you're using the Lawrence and, and the side imaging and downscan, are you really looking for just the bait or are you looking for fish associated with the bait? Or is it a deal where, you know, I feel like a lot of times in the winter situations, if the fish are suspended, they're tough to catch. But if they're associated with, like you say, a road bed, a hard spot, a shell area, then they become a little bit easier to present baits to. How is it that you're using your electronics to really specifically find some of these locations? You hear a lot of guys like side scan versus down scan, and, and everybody likes something a little bit different. It seems like the way they take the best advantage to their graphs. How do you like to use that and, and put that into play for your success? I'll run the side scan 2D and down scan, but I'm not real crazy about side scan. I mean, unless I'm looking for like brush piles and stuff, I'm not real good at finding fish on my side scan. I really depend on that down and 2D to find most of my fish. And I've got a bunch of buddies that are the exact opposite that rely on their side scan for everything. And that's something that I feel like this coming year I'm going to need to work on a little bit. But yeah, to answer your question, most of the time I'll be looking on the 2D and the down when I'm trying to find them. Gotcha. That's great stuff. Let's hang right here. We're going to throw another log on the fire as we extend our power poles, take a quick break in the action. Aaron, Tyler, and I will return in a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the Power Pole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool. Swift, Power Pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, Power Pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power Pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. 
Fast Edge, presented in part by Lowrance Electronics, returns with FLW Tour Pro Tyler Stewart in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Tyler, let's dive right back into that candy leg example. We discussed behavior patterns. You're talking about looking for the bait, where it intersects with some structure, road beds, hard spot. How about techniques you like to break down in these situations? Cold water applications. What are you having most of your success with? I like to throw a three-quarter ounce B&M football jig most of the time. All winter, actually. That's my go-to I'll throw a Carolina rig some too and like a C25 six-inch crankbait to get down there with them. Those three applications are my really go-tos. And there's times too that I'll throw an A-rig when I can in, you know, tournaments or whatever. But if I'm fun fishing, I'll throw it around. And I'm sure you know, living down there by Amistad, sometimes they won't buy anything other than that Alabama rig. Yeah, well, what is the deal with that? I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, it seems like, uh, I think when the A-rig first came out, was it been maybe seven, eight years ago now? I don't know. Exactly. It feels like I'm getting so old. I can't even remember. Because you are. (laughs) Right. But you know what? Paul Elias brought it to us at the Gunnersville at the time. I think it was the Everstar Championship uh, FLW uh, event. And, you know, it seemed like at that time it was like a a magic bait. Right. I mean, like if you threw it, you were going to jack them. Now it's a little bit different. Speed of retrieve is important. Where you're throwing it tends to be obviously important as well. But the A-Rig, let's talk about a couple things real quick about the A-Rig. One is how you like to rig it up and and what you think is the best way to kind of set your A-Rig together in place. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand some of the ways that people have success with the A-Rig. And then number two, why do you think it is just so dang good when seemingly nothing else will work? If I'm fishing anywhere like 15 foot and deeper, I'll throw like quarter ounce jig heads on there and then i'll throw like a three to five inch swim bait depending on water color or whatever you know as far as what colors i go with but i really don't know why they bite that thing so good it's got so many wires going everywhere i mean it's a lot of stuff in the water when they first came out and they were catching them on it really good i threw it three or four times before i finally caught one on it but once i got the feel for it oh i haven't looked back since i mean i'll throw that thing around docks cypress trees i'll throw it out deep around the road beds and stuff it just seems like it catches them everywhere now how about your setup i mean you know when the a-rig first came out it seemed like it was a braid deal and everybody was just launching it out there with 50 or 60 pound braid big broomstick rods how do you like to set up your a-rig for success I still like to throw it on straight braid. I mean, if they're going to eat that, all that crap, that wire and all that, apparently they don't (laughs) care too much about what's going on. (laughs) So I still throw it on 65-pound braid, and I'll pair it with a Power Tackle PG 104.5 rod. It's a little stiffer flipping rod, and it's in a 7.6 length, and I'll throw it on a... Heck, I used to throw it on a five-to-one reel, and I got to where I was getting hung up a lot. So I bumped it up to like a six, three-to-one. If I fish it shallow or fish it deep, I can control it a little bit better. So that's the setup that I like to throw it on. Getting that thing hung up is no joke. I mean, you're looking at like 25 bucks. (laughs) It's like like losing a Japanese crankbait. (laughs) I've towed timber logs out of a lake before with it. I put super light wire hooks on there, so the 65-pound braid most of the time will get it back. I'll put, like, the lightest wire hooks I can find on it, and I'll just constantly bend them back and forth throughout the day if I'm getting home. Interesting. Well, hey, Tyler, I'm going to do a 180 on you here. You know, river fishing in the winter can be 
puzzling to me. And I, I'm kind of always thinking they should be out deep. But deep on a river and deep kind of, let's say, on a lake that's close to me, such as Table Rock, are two totally different scenarios. How will this right. winter behavioral pattern work for bass in a predominantly shallow river system? So like the Washtaw River, the fish really don't get offshore that well on that river. There's really no ledge to it. It just drops off on both sides of the bank and just makes like a big U. So other than a few sandbars, there's not many places for them to go. So they kind of relate to like what I was saying about Caney. They're just following the bait, whether it be in the very back of a creek or in the mouth of a oxbow lake. I do pretty much the same thing, but not deep. I just look for the bait fish and uh, throw something to try to mimic some kind of shad. Or sometimes you can slow down and flip and catch them. But uh, for the river, I've never had any luck fishing deep on our river. But like I said, there's really no ledges for them to get on. So even though the water temp might be in the low 50s and, you know, starts getting real cold this time of year, you know, sometimes it might hit the mid 40s, right? And you're still concentrating on those fish in that zero to five foot zone. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that I'm out there jamming. I'm catching a bunch. But if I had right. a tournament on the Washtenaw River tomorrow, I would uh, probably have a spinnerbait, a jig tied on, maybe a square bill. And uh, I would focus on that three to five foot range, whether it be cypress trees or deeper banks going into the back of creeks or oxbow lakes. So does your rate of retrieve change a lot? I mean, you know, obviously the fish are going to be a little bit lethargic this time of year. Do you feel like you have to really milk the bait or are you just looking to cover water until you find a fish that's fired up enough to swim over and eat whatever your presentation is? I fish pretty fast. So normally like, yeah, I'm going to cover some water power flip like we call it down here covering a lot of water flipping you know maybe not flip every single side of the tree or whatever you know just covering as much water as you can or trying to figure out a way to get bit first and, and then you know if say if i am getting bit on a jig or flipping a j bug or whatever then i would slow down you know and try to pick it apart more it's been an interesting breakdown of diverse types of, of fisheries, but quickly, before we go to our listener question, what new technique has you the most excited to implement in your system for 2019? New technique or just any technique? You know, if you have a new one, but other than that, if there's not a new one out there, what are you most excited, I guess, to put into place that you think is going to help you get to where you want to be come the end of 2019? Honestly, I really like the way it looks for a swim jig this year. <laughs> That's what I threw on Okeechobee and uh, did so well with. I never put down a V&M swim jig the whole time. There was one fish that I caught on a like a V&M chopstick, and that's because it missed my swim jig, and I just threw it back in there and caught it. But um, the fisheries that we're going to have grass, and uh, Rayburn looks like it's going to be a little high and flooded. So honestly, I think uh, swim jig is going to come into play for me the way I like to fish more than any other bait this year. That's awesome. Swim jig is definitely a lot of fun. The way that you fish it and you can cover a lot of water, that makes for a daggum a lot of fun fishing in 2019 if you can ride that to the wheelhouse here we go with our nitro performance bass boats listener question sid wallace from san angelo texas asks i hear a lot about spoon or slab fishing in the winter what are the best scenarios to use these lures and what is the most effective way to work them uh so like on caney like i was mentioning earlier when you get around the bait or you know the fish on the creek a lot of times like we were talking about, they'll be suspended and hard to catch. I like to get like a chicken spoon and get right over the top of them and drop it right on their head. That's a good way to catch them this time of the year with just like a little two-inch jigging spoon. But other than that, like the big spoons and stuff like that, I like to throw them more in the summer versus this time of the year. 
there. So a small spoon. And, and how do you like to, obviously, your vertical fishing you mentioned, um, getting right on top of the fish. Is there a better way you feel for Sid that he needs to work the lure to be more effective, or is it just jacking it? How would you like to go about it if you were explaining to Sid how to fish that scenario? It depends on, like, how deep the fish are sitting. If they're being super active, it seems like you can drop it all the way to the bottom and then rip it up off the bottom and get a reaction bite. But I've also seen it where if they're a little suspended and they're hard to catch, you almost got to drop it right in front of their face and just hold it still. I've seen it like that before, too. So it just all depends on what scenario you're faced with, whether they're beaten or whether they're just suspended and hard to catch. So it sounds to me like you're looking at those on your Lowrance. Is that correct, Tyler? Correct. Straight down on the front 2D sonar. I'll, you know, drift around, troll around until I see a school or, you know, a group of fish under the trolling motor and I'll back up and I'll try to drop straight on top of them and just either suspend my bait, my spoon right in front of their face, or like I said, if they're active, pump it off the bottom a little bit. Well, that's one of my favorite ways to fish. And I want to get your insight on this too, to hopefully help sit out a little bit more. You know, on the lakes that I use it on, we have colors from fluorescent to pink to white to gold to silver on those little slab spoons that you're speaking of. What's your thoughts on color? I don't mix it up too much on the color just because silver has always worked for me. And every now and again, I'll throw a gold. But most of the time, or 99% of the time, I've got just a, you know, a two and a half inch silver spoon when I'm vertical fishing. Just because, for me, my confidence, I've never seen a yellow bait fish or a pink bait fish. So, I like to try to match the hatch as close as I can. That's good stuff, Tyler, and I appreciate you answering that question. You've pretty much uh, done everything but catch the fish for Sid with your response to that. But, Sid, we need one more thing for you. First off, thanks for sending in that question, but remember, we need to hear from you. Contact us through our social media outlets. Send us an email, support at BassEdge.com, or simply log on to BassEdge.com. Click on that Claim Your Prize segment. Let us know that you heard Tyler answer your question right here on Episode 295, and we will get to that Bass Edge gift sent to you directly. And as a reminder, all Bass Edge listeners, keep sending in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, to have a shot at winning another gift from Bass Edge Radio in the following months. You may also email us, support at BassEdge.com, or leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter media pages. Tyler, thanks again for visiting with us here. Here on Bass Edge Radio, it has uh, been a lot of fun getting to know you. Any closing thoughts for Bass Edge Nation? I just want to thank all the people that have supported me over the past few years coming into my first pro season. Um, Monster Energy, you know, my title sponsor, they're taking big time care of me. And uh, they have no idea how much I appreciate that. Lawrence Electronics this year, they're a big help. HK Enterprises, V&M, Cassette Coolers, Basscat Boats. Uh, I made a switch to Basscat this year. Kevin Short with Basscat gave me a call after the cup this year, and they got me hooked up big time too. So I appreciate those guys and um, all my family, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, everybody that's helped me get to this point and it's been a fun ride so far and i hope to be able to keep it going that's awesome tyler well we look forward to watching you keep it going too and i'm gonna send you off with our final segment it's called four last questions for you what is your favorite all-around power tackle rod the 104 and a 7.3 that's an awesome just all-around rod you can throw a football jig on it a texas rig you can flip with it i throw on big spinner baits on it it's just an all-around awesome rod it's a rod that i threw a swim jig on it okeechobee this year i threw a big worm on it at kentucky lake it's just really versatile light and uh and sensitive and 
One thing I really like about Judy and Tim's rods at Power Tackle is they're they're super balanced, and, and it's hard to find long rods that are so balanced. And that's uh that's one thing that I really really love about those rods. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great to find a rod that's really diverse. You use a lot of techniques on. How many Monster Energy drinks do you gulp down in a week? I'm actually drinking one right now, uh, <laughs> but I don't drink them too heavily, but I do drink, you know, every morning that I get up, like if I'm going fishing or going hunting or whatever, um, I'll grab one and, and drink it to get me going. So I would say probably four or five a week. <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. I like it. And what about college fishing do you miss the most? I really miss going to all the tournaments with my buddies and, and there being no pressure, you know, behind it, no crazy entry fees. You know, we would go to these tournaments and me and the guys on the team and we would just go have so much fun and uh it wasn't like a cutthroat deal kind of like professional fishing it's we we just all went out there and had fun and and did our um you know tried to help each other a little bit it's just a complete 360 fishing professionally than it was in college very interesting and which flw tour event will be your best in 2019 oh i don't even want to say that because i have no idea but i'm really looking forward to trying and get some redemption in florida after i had that terrible finish at harris chain so i'm hoping that i have a good finish down there but uh, as far as locally places i fished before i fished rayburn a ton of times but none of that's going to matter with as much as the water's fluctuating right now i don't even know that you know anybody will have a crazy advantage over here yeah it's going to be an interesting event certainly looking forward to it and i mean we are on the cusp of it just a week away tyler man it's been awesome having you on the show you provided some great info for our listeners and um, i'm going to make sure i get out there and idle around caney creek and do some deep water fishing too that sounds like a lot of fun and i look forward to seeing you next week at rayburn but for now hang tight bass edge radio we'll return in a moment you know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat megaware keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology megaware keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the longest lasting most dependable keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life developed specifically by boat builders offering the best keel protection in the industry also for megaware keel guard skeg guard flex step pro and pontoon guard so give your boat the performance edge put on the protection the pros pick megaware keel guard Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, I always enjoy having new guests to the show, but more importantly with Tyler, you know, coming off of his rookie season, 
it's hard to believe he's a rookie based upon kind of everything that he's done. Yeah, Tyler, you know, it was awesome staying with him at uh, or staying near him, I should say, at his first event uh, at Okeechobee in 2018 and kind of watch his progression throughout the year. Really a quick, in my assessment, a quick maturity by this young man. And, you know, when I try to pick anglers for our show and to expose them to Bass Edge, not only the anglers, but the techniques and their thought process, I feel like Tyler's one of those guys that has that it factor. You know, he's one of these young anglers I feel like is going to make a name and going to have some early success in this sport. Qualifying for the Cup his first year, obviously nothing easy about that. And I'm excited to watch him. Loved his interview today. I thought he gave some great tips, uh, certainly things we all need to consider in our fishing. So uh, Tyler Stewart, watch out. Man's coming. (laughs) And I think it says a lot about him, you know, just knowing his background history within motocross, having the injury, really a career threatening injury for that sport and being able to then bring that over into fishing, have his uh, title sponsor come with him. That says a lot about a person's integrity and character. So a lot of good things, I think, like you said, Kurt, that he's certainly going to be in the limelight a lot moving forward. But moving forward for us means we need to close this show down. We want to uh, say welcome into the new year to all of the existing and maybe any new listeners that Bass Edge Radio has picked up. So thankful that all of you have uh, joined us. There's certainly a lot of ways that uh, you can spend your time. But for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We will see you next episode, January 15th, episode 296. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 